Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben. And I am Keith. And we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? Hail and well-met, fair traveler. I greet thee as Joe, Prince of Hogan, known far and wide in realms virtual as Sir Epic Grays. Welcome to episode 150 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. As always, I am joined by my valiant co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. <laughs> and uh, because the intro is uh, a little different this morning that can only mean that we are being joined by the um reverend rob of sometimes how you doing rob good it shouldn't be that funny to me but it still always is <laughs> it should not be that funny it shouldn't be but i still have a blast every time i come in because i know you'll read it yeah because <laughs> hey you know what why not like i could i could fight against the tide or i can go with it you know yeah <laughs> I think I learned way back in the day when I had T Morris on on the show and every time I mentioned something that was a like advertising opportunity like a promotion for our show or his show he'd ring mm-hmm. this little uh uh like library bell yeah like a little <laughs> desk bell and I'm like that's different but we're going to go with it cuz mm. he's a guest <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then it's kind of like you know what the guest's always right How you doing boys <clears throat> I'm well. I got to, I got to screw with the intro again. I'm good. I can go now. I'm excited to dive into DC. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and yeah, we we keep. In fact, last week after we we wrapped up, I said to Ray, "I'm like, I didn't promise again that Rob would be on because I feel like every time we do promise that Rob's going to be on to do DC, <laughs> don't." So um, it actually kind of worked out perfectly because this is episode 150. So it's a nice round one to do something a little different and special with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you been up to, Rob? What's What's been up with you? Uh, all of the things. I uh, I have a podcast, right? The, the And sometimes Rob podcast. I just put out episode six this past week. Episode five disappeared. I think I did something wrong when I went to put episode six up and somehow deleted episode five. So I'm, I may have to put that back up. Well, I only I drop down how much server space I give myself each month mm-hmm. um, since it's and sometimes Rob, it gives me about two episodes a month or so. And uh, I I'm nervous now because if I re upload episode five, I'm worried that's going to become essentially episode seven as far as the server is concerned. And then I don't get to do another episode. And I did this last one. Episode six is all on the Eternals. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of a long one. And <laughs> I did it like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. And I had to wait for July to turn around. So I haven't been able to do episodes on Comic-Con or any of that fun stuff yet. So I'm I'm worried about having to wait another month. Like I could spend $5 and, and fix that issue. But that's $5. Uh, <laughs> besides that, I don't know because I know we're going to roll into to Weekly Geekery. Um, the only other thing I'd throw out there is I'm still doing the, the customers for a cause thing. Awesome. Which I will talk about in my Weekly Geekery. Very cool. Well, let's let's jump into the Weekly Geekery. What have, what have that you thing. been geeking out on? You die me. I get to go first again. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I saw that you put the boys on here. Yes. Joe on your list. I also watched it. Surprisingly, I binged it in like a weekend. I wasn't planning on even watching this show. I had read all of the comic book and it is, it, it is what it is, right? It's a, it's a Garth Ennis comic book. That's way out there. It's very violent. It's very vulgar. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Derek Robertson on, on art again. Um, but it's, it's very in your face. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that I wanted to watch that trying to be a more timid version of itself mm-hmm. of the, of the TV show. And um, I was actually really happy with the changes that they made. So I, I watched all of the boys. I am oh, maybe a third of a way through playing Arkham Knight. Finally, because nice. this tells you how often I play video games. I don't know how long <laughs> I've had this, but I finally decided to sit down and play it. And then uh, this past week, I had two different costuming events. Uh, there was a brew pub that did an outside screening of Ghostbusters. So I showed up with about five other Ghostbusters and an Ecto. And then uh, on Thursday, I had a library event where I was Mad-Eye Moody, and it was Harry Potter trivia. And so I was the MC along with um, the Griffin Dorks, who are the Minnesota chapter of the Harry Potter Alliance. Uh, Tonks and the Oars, which is one of the few Wizard Rock performers that is still out there. She's been doing it for over 12 years now. And uh, this was a cool one because my mom was actually in town. Oh, and nice. so she suited up as well and came out as Madame Pomfrey. So I got to go do a um, a costume event with my mom. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, and you're Mad-Eye Moody. I, I was telling, I think it was... Um, my friend Mandy, at, when we were at Comic-Con, we were talking about the the cosplay, and I was like, Rob's Mad-Eye Moody is probably one of the best cosplays I've seen. Like, it's very, very cool, and it's instantly recognizable. Well, I, I very much appreciate that. I don't know that I, I quite deserve that much credit for it. Um, I think it looks pretty good, but it's certainly n- nowhere near the type of cosplay that I see when I go to cons. But I'll take it. Wow. I will take it. Hey, thank you. I had no idea Brendan Gleeson was in the um, Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yes, indeed. I, and I and so is his son. Oh, oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of his name from start this the current Dom Hall or something like that. He's Huck. He's General Huck. Uh, General, uh, General Huck. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Hucks. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, the boys. You 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 liked it. I did. Ray, how far have you gotten into the boys? I have not started it yet. Okay, so well, we won't we won't spoil. <laughs> I haven't. I should say I haven't. Yeah, I haven't continued it because I started to watch the first episode. But I'm I'm gonna spend today probably doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, I was ex- I, for some reason I was expecting your your whole intro to watching the boys in all in one weekend to end with you not liking it. I don't know why. I thought that's where that was going. So I'm glad to hear that you liked it as well. 
I fully expected to not like it. Like I expected to, (laughs) I expected to bounce off of it really fast because there's just so much really like adult and dark, uh, content. And I was like, I don't know that I want to like watch that. Um, and they did a little bit of tiptoeing around things and mostly kept it to the really ridiculous stuff. Okay. And I think that worked in my opinion, it worked to its benefit, but I would love to, cause Joe, have you read the books at all? I haven't, but I'm, I'm tempted to. Okay. Cause, okay. So what did you think as somebody, cause that's what I really want to talk to somebody who's seen this and has never read the comic books. Well, let, let me start by saying when I saw it, I was like, okay, I like this idea of, you know, people going after superheroes and, but the, in the preview, they show, you know, this is not a spoiler. It's in the preview. They show, um, a train running through, um, uh, is it Hugh? Huey? Huey, yeah. Uh, Huey's girlfriend, and it's just gruesome and gross and disgusting. And I was like, there is no way that <laughs> my husband is going to watch this show. Like, it's <laughs> already way too violent in the preview. Um, but I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a chance because I want to see it, and I know I won't watch it unless, um, unless he wants to watch it, and especially once school starts, I won't be able to get into it because I won't have the time. And by the second episode, he's like, so tonight for what we watch, can we, can we get through the next couple of episodes of the boys? And I'm like, really? Like he was very, very taken by this story. Like he thought it was, um, he he was very intrigued by it. And like, he was, as soon as it ended, he's like, all right, is there a season two? Let's, you know, when's that happening? Wow. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's shocking. Yeah. I think Garth Ennis is, is one of those writers that people either, can can you know get into or not <laughs> or very very <laughs> not um and i i loved preacher at the time and i tried to go back to read it and i just like i can't <laughs> and but yeah I, I tend to love like the darker adult stuff so i tend to love like the grittier obviously all this with the caveat that it's good <laughs> so you know just dark for dark sake no thanks but um you know, if, if it, the, the, the more realistic and grounded a, a, a superhero story is, the, the better I tend to like it. So I'm looking forward to the boys. Um, and maybe we should, once I watch it, we should all make sure we read it and talk about it. I'd like to do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a good episode. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I bounced, cause I bounced off of the Preacher TV show. That was the other reason I was, cause I've read all of Preacher as well. Yeah. And there's parts I really like, and then parts that were just, like you said, it, it, sometimes it felt gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. And I think that was certainly a part of that comic book. And for whatever reason, the show just didn't hook me nearly as much. Same. I think it's cause it felt too, it felt too bottled. Cause the whole first season, they don't really get on the road. It was like the first season of Runaways. Mm. They don't run away. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the end of the season instead of the very first issue. So yeah. weird. The show was too different for me from the comic. I, I really loved the comic. And so I at least wanted that feel of a Western and it's too zany. The show just came across as like kind of zany to me. And I was like, uh, this is not the preacher that, you know, I still gave it a shot, but I couldn't get into it. Full agreement. Yeah, absolutely. What, well, what have you been getting into, Ray? Um, well, I finally started, I picked up the second volume of Jason Aaron's run on Thor. So, yes. uh, I really enjoyed the first volume and, and I, I was able to pick up, uh, a hardback, um, volume one collection of, of issues one through 12, which now realizing as I, as I searched online for volume two, that the, the volume one is actually hard to find. Like, I guess Marvel 
really toys around with um, how they put together trades and what they package. Uh, Cause mostly what you can find out there is two trades covering one through 12 uh, either, you know, one through five and then seven through 12. And for some reason, a lot of them skip to numbers issue six, which is weird to me, but um, they have both paper and hard cover volume uh, versions of those. I'm lucky. I guess I, I snagged, you know, one that had the whole first run of uh, the God killer and God bomb and stuff. So I picked up volume two and I just started it. I love his take on Thor. Oh my God. It's just like pure joy to read that. So <laughs> I don't have a ton of time to read, but when I do that, that's what I've been reading this week. And then just yesterday I caught up with uh Nando Nando's latest uh, video on YouTube, which is, um, the potential of Marvel Phase Four. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, Joe, you're gonna like it. <laughs> you're. I won't spoil it, but you're gonna like it. Um, he just put it out about a week ago, about five or six days ago, and I hadn't noticed, so I watched it yesterday, and it's really cool to see. It's not, you know, his his usual video where he is, um, you know, kind of dissecting something or or even even throwing out potential story points really he's he's more he does some of that at the end but he's more just kind of going over what you know the marvel announcement and and you know the potential feel of of this how this phase is going to be different probably from the first three phases it's it was really really uh enjoyable to watch that's awesome i'm excited yeah it's a good one. That, that will be the immediately after the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. You're going to like it. Well, speaking of, of reading um, comics and, and phase four, because Monica Rambeau is coming in phase four. I mean, she's already in the universe, but adult Monica Rambeau. And she's coming in WandaVision, which is just to me, it seems like a very weird um, place to put her. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I do think that they were part of the Avengers around the same time. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back and I'm going to find the comics that she, cause I've got Marvel unlimited. So I'm like, I'm going to go find the comics that Monica Rambeau was in and just going to try and read as many Monica Rambeau issues as possible. And so I'm doing a deep dive with Monica Rambeau and I'm loving it. Like I forgot how much I love this character. She's just, she's just a good character. Like, especially for the eighties, like, She's not real gimmicky. She's not considering she's an ethnic woman. Like they don't really make that a big deal. Um, I, I looked at a couple of lists of um, like what I should be looking for, what, what issues. And I'm looking forward to one. There's one like it's like Monica Rambeau versus racism. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to do, continuing the deep dive. But right now I'm just kind of in the, you know, she got her powers. She just got made an official Avenger because she was a trainee for a while. Um, so that's, that's what I'm working on right now. I highly recommend anybody who has um, Marvel Unlimited to, to jump in and, and look for Monica Rambeau issues because she's just the light. So what do you do? Do you just go to Marvel Unlimited and like search a character's name and a bunch of stuff will come up? Well, it's funny because she, like, yes, a lot of stuff will come up when you look for Captain Marvel, you know, Monica Rambeau, but um, not everything. And so, um, 
like there would be the the key Avengers issues that she was highlighted in or to told her story, but I'm like, but she's in the stuff in between. Yeah. So I actually just watched the trial of uh, or read the trial of Henry Pym because that's right when she starts to join the Avengers. And um and so I'm just kind of filling in any of the issues in between and and trying to read I'm basically running that reading that run of the eighties Avengers. Cool. <laughs> With a couple of like fantastic four and Dr. Strange issues thrown in yeah. there for flavor. Man, that's awesome. I got to jump on Marvel limited. I, I was torn between buying the actual book <laughs> of Thor mm-hmm. volume two and just going on Marvel Unlimited and just, just buying them online and just having the convenience of having them on my iPad um, I ended up going, going with the book, the actual book, once I realized, you know, how kind of rare they're getting, but I don't know. How do you, do you, Joe, do you ever miss the, the actual feel of like, you know, holding the book in your hand? I don't. And I know some people are like <gasps> clutching their pearls yeah. right now. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, and, and it's funny cause the English teachers at, at school are kind of divided on this as oh. well, like Kindle versus like actual novels. <laughs> and, I mean, it comes down to, it comes down to space and it comes down to resources and why for me, I feel like I don't have the room anymore to hold all those comic books, you know, as it is, I've got a whole bunch of comic books I have to kind of rescue from storage before um, my family gets rid of that storage container. And, um, and so I don't want to, I don't want to contribute more to that space problem. And I don't want to contribute more to like, cutting down trees to make paper kind of thing. Yeah. So to me, I'd rather just have full access to my, um, my collection on my iPad and be perfectly fine. Yeah, that makes sense. I have, I have a pretty decent library going of art books and being a painter. That's kind of, I found that's kind of a thing with us. <laughs> and so, you know, I see, even when I buy a graphic novel, I still see it. There's a reason I go out and get the hardcover nowadays is because I see it as adding to my collection and I won't just buy anything. I have to know that I really, really like it. Uh, what bums right. me out is travel season where, you know, coming up, I'm not going to be taking these hardcovers with me. So I'm probably going to still end up, you know, picking up the digital version so that I can have access to all of them on my iPad and read them when I'm on the road. Yeah. And I think if it's long as something you really love and, and you want as a collection, you know, you can have a book. Yeah. Not a problem. All right. Well, we are going to actually take our break right now so that we can dive into our version of the DCU. I'm very excited because I think all three of us have kind of approached it in completely different ways. <laughs> yeah. No um, yeah. Like, so, um, so we're going to, Hop out for a commercial and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Capsule J. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. 
I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love, so make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. So we're back, and today we are are diving into what we would do if we could create the DCU for you know for DC because has, they've given up on it. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um. So so let's start off real quickly, just you know, with a, a sentence or two. What what did they do wrong? Ooh, that's good, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot what the DC universe is about. Pure and Ooh. simple. And what would you say that the DCU is about? Uh, gods among men. Yes, I agree. Marvel is more about relatable here. Like DC has them certainly and street level things, but Marvel always feels a bit more street level, always feels a bit more, you know, you think Spider-Man and the X-Men, these people with relatable problems. We don't relate to Superman. Right. We, we don't really relate to Batman. Uh, we, we don't really relate to Green Lantern. Maybe some of their individual stories from the individual characters, but in general, no, we are there for the big, giant, world-ending, every other week is a crisis, uh, literally, <laughs> for DC Comics, um, <laughs> type of thing. That's, that's what theirs is. The big, the bright, the colorful. Basically what the Avengers, the first Avengers movie was, um, they were kind of cluing into what the DC universe, in my opinion, and I, there are people who disagree with me. Um, but in my opinion, what the DC universe has always been about. Yeah. That's how I've always described the difference between Marvel and DC, uh, to, to people that have asked or been curious about, you know, the, the two different companies. Um, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head is that it's God's God's among men for sure. Literally (laughs) a lot of cases. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, Rob, you put out there. Oh, well, actually, I should say, Ray, do you, do you have any difference as far as what they did wrong, or um, do you just kind of? I think. Agree? Well, I, no, I, I think I think kind of philosophically, kind of the big picture. Rob is absolutely right. I think um, you know they made a lot of small mistakes because of that. Uh, but I think apart from that, the the big mistake that I think we all have have rec- has been recognized over and over by now is that they tried to play catch up with Marvel instead of just focusing mm-hmm. on developing their own universe. Um, you know, the choice to um, just get to Justice League as soon as possible 
the choice to kind of overhaul their original plan for for Superman and and Batman to shoehorn a Superman versus Batman movie in there, and then for some reason Wonder Woman's you know in the third act, those choices, those kind of you know they they were making choices, and it was clear for, to everyone that they were making choices from a very insecure place, <laughs> yeah. and that's I think that was a huge <laughs> mistake. Yes, agreed. Because even if they had. Even if they had forgotten their, you know, the whole, you know, the the big difference in the DC universe, uh, they could have still went about it, you know, (laughs) in in a in a better way. Right. Is there anything they did right? I like some of their casting choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I know this is a divisive uh, film, but I love Man of Steel till still to this day. That is. And granted, I didn't grow up the biggest DC super fan, so you know maybe I'm not <laughs> the maybe that, that's not necessarily a good thing. But Man of Steel basically was the Superman movie that I always saw in my head growing up. Like mm-hmm. they, and I, they actually made it. I, I I'm also not one that tends to treat the comic books as gospel. You know, I, I'm fine with throwing stuff mm-hmm. out if it doesn't make story sense. I like a take. I like an actual take on a character like you know superman as an alien um so i i dug all of that i mean yeah there's things you know there there's iffy choices made in the movie but i i was on for the ride and i loved it rob any any other things to Uh, add to that i i feel like i'd have to go back and watch man of steel i only watched it the one time and i walked away with a very bad taste in my mouth um I, I did not very much like it, but I will definitely support Cavill as Superman. I think yeah. the end of Justice League, show me when we get to see a sm- Superman smile <laughs> with the sun mm-hmm. shining and we get to see color on the screen. That was done correctly. Yeah, and depending on how we get into it, because I have pages of, of notes, so we'll we'll <laughs> bounce around as is appropriate. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I think the casting for Justice League was fine. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to introduce some of the other characters in that type of setting. I think the, you know, we know about this guy and we go and we get Barry Allen. That's the exact same way that Tony Stark just shows up and gets Spider-Man. Yep. And nobody cared. Yep. Because we get it. We know the character mm-hmm. by now. The TV show had been around for years, so people were familiar with it. And I think that w- in itself was a smart decision. I don't think we needed a Flash movie before that happened. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and it's funny, Joe, you mentioned uh, how before the break, how we all kind of approach this differently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of made myself a whole outline of what I would want to see from, uh, you know, the, the if, if we were completely overhauling DC's film output at this point. Rob, I really like your take from the notes that Joe shared of kind of, okay, this is where we are. How do we get to where we want to be from where we are? Yeah, and that was just the, depending on what direction we wanted to take the conversation of the, are we going to build off of what currently exists? Because there's some things coming that are not doing things, like Birds of Prey Yeah, is not going the direction I would ever go with a Birds of Prey movie. Right. Um, but for all I know, it could turn out good, question mark. 
the the fact that the name Ren- Renee Montoya is involved um, has me pumped, but it really depends on how they treat the character. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cavill is officially out of Superman, so that's I, to me that is the that is the uh, uh, the pin out of the grenade of, of our current DC universe. Mm, you know, yeah. so it's like whatever we're getting, whatever is in currently in production or, or you know planned. It, it just seems like it's it's a bunch of film executives saying, well, shoot, I'm already halfway into this. I got to get this made and get some money made. You know what I mean? And they're not really right. thinking about, wait, is this going where we want to go? Like you mentioned, the Birds of Prey film. Yeah. So it's going to be a giant. It's going to be a giant mess because if Birds of Prey is moving forward and our, our Harley Quinn is returning and then we're getting Wonder Woman and maybe an Aquaman 2 and we still don't know about flash but we're getting batman but we don't know if it's gonna be in the same universe and like prequels to the other you know what i mean like this is making my head hurt and then then another suicide squad but we don't know if it's gonna be like a joker thing and off on its own and not part of this universe yeah it's very um like you said it's a mess yeah it's just a mess so instead of just saying all right hard stop you know they're like well we made money with wonder woman and aquaman you're like okay but you're still presenting us a universe that then either has to end and those actors have to walk away or you have to do this weird side thing. But then look at the, I mean, maybe don't look at the X-Men movies, but look at the X-Men movies, right? Hugh Jackman's, you know, they reset their timeline. Everything changes except Hugh Jackman because we need to make that money. So maybe, you know, and that's why people keep suggesting flashpoint or a crisis film because then they can redo as much of their continuity as possible, swap out actors as needed, swap out storylines as needed, yeah. keep the things that work, throw away the things that don't. Because that's what DC has been doing for years. Crisis, I feel, is too big. If they were going to do that, I like the idea of Flashpoint serving as that sort of like reboot. Um, and then, you know, my whole take on DC at this point is let's let's start it over however we end up doing that if it's with flashpoint i i actually like that idea from where we're at now but let's start it over and then okay what you know square one what can we learn from marvel what did they do right how can we adapt that to the ways that dc is fundamentally different from marvel going back to the idea of gods among men I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. This is gonna mostly be a Robin Ray conversation because I know so little about DC. Like my my DC knowledge kind of stops with Super Friends. Um, but um, on that note, what I did do a little bit of research before, and I think I am all for like throw it out, start it over. And the only two casualties of that that I feel bad about yeah. are casting for Wonder Woman and Aquaman because I think those are the two things that they did really well. And so when we talk about casting a little later in the show, I've got ideas nice. for the the big mm-hmm. seven because that's about what I know. <laughs> My husband was very upset that I didn't add casting <laughs> for the Wonder Twins in there. But I was going to say, when you said Super Friends, I was going to throw out, oh, so do we use, you know, is it Zan and Zaya, the Wonder Twins? That would be great. And their and they're, they're, they're monkey Gleek? Yeah, it would, it would be hilarious. I would have no problem with that. But... Um, the way I would start it over is I would say, all right, we're just going to start a new universe. So forget about everything we've done up till now. So, sorry, uh, Gail Godot. Sorry about, you know, sorry, Momoa. We're, we're, we're going a different way. It's not your fault. You did great. 
Um, but then let's start like with a Justice League movie, not mm-hmm. start with an individual movie, because I think, again, one of the best things that DC has going for it, from what I know, is its villains. Like the villains are what people yeah. tend to come to the book to see, at least if you're not a huge DC fan like I am not. Um, so I was like, well, what stories out there are conducive to that? And so I figured in the comics it was um, Justice League of America, yep. Tower of Babel, and I want to be- I believe yes, it it's is. a Mark Wade. And um, and the idea is in that it's um, Raza Ghoul's, um gets into Batman's files where he has like yeah. a way of defeating each of the Justice League members, you know, their weakness and how he would exploit it. And so Raj al Ghul will go and uh, goes in and gets that information and then t- basically one by one takes out all of the Justice League so that he can kind of continue on with his evil scheme. Uh, there's also a cartoon <coughs> version of this called Justice League of America Doom, which has the same idea, but instead it's uh, Vandal Savage leading a Legion of Doom to do kind of the same thing. Let's get rid of the Justice League. And I think this is kind of a, a, a good way of going because we're all familiar with the, these characters. And I'd go with the, the big seven with Martian Manhunter being the seventh. Um, because we all know these characters. Even even uh, Martian Manhunter is in Supergirl. So these Who characters are all your, out there. As your Green Lantern and Flash. So let's just... Um, I would go with the originals, but I wouldn't when, necessarily... When you say originals, I, like, I assume you mean Silver Age, Hal Jordan, and Barry Allen? So I disagree with you, Barry, Joe, in yeah. that I don't think these characters are all out there and everybody knows. I think you're a little bit in your geek bubble there. <laughs> oh, I don't think, I don't think everybody knows, but I think, I think there are enough characters in out there that are familiar to people. I mean, everybody knows the big, the top three and now with, with Aquaman, maybe the top four, <clears throat> but uh, we also have a, we have a flash TV show. We have a gr- terrible green lantern movie. The, the, the characters are at least out there right. for people to have experienced if they want to. And that's why I think starting with this storyline is good because if you don't know the characters, well, we're going to instantly get dropped yeah, into yeah. a place I think where one we of the, find out the strengths, their strengths of Marvel is that, or one of the things they benefit from greatly is that there's not a bunch of different versions of their heroes out there. Um, I think that's actually to the detriment of DC's, mm-hmm. you know, possible film universe. Um, I think that the reason why it was such a big deal for Marvel to bring in Spider-Man is because, you know, we, we don't, we have different versions of Spider-Man and that was a problem. Right. And so I don't think, you know, the benefit, sure, people have heard of the flash, but it's a problem. If they want to build a successful cinematic universe a la Marvel, it's a problem that people have these different versions of these characters that that's just my take on it. And so the idea is would then be to fix that by saying, 
you know, just like this is Captain America, right? That I, you know, this this is who he is. Period. Mm-hmm. And when Chris Evans is done, Captain America is done, right? Or at least Steve Steve Rogers is done. Um, I think that's what right. the the DC universe needs in order to be successful with the with the cinematic universe. Yeah, no, I, I would agree, and and I, I think they're going to have Marvel's yeah. going to have the same problem when they start pulling the Fantastic Four in, because we've got we've gotten too many versions yeah. of them, and yeah, so totally, just kind of like either burnt out or confused. So anyway, that's 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 as far as the movies I got because I was like, I can start putting in like my Phase One, <laughs> Phase Two, and, but I'm not going to know what I'm talking about. So I figured, let me get let me get them started. Like this is how I would do it: start with a, a Justice League of America story where the characters are already established in this world. Maybe casting slightly older actors and doesn't have to be the the youngest people on the block, and let them yeah. let them establish that this universe has been lived in for a while, and. And it's like the it's like the second episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's um, a callback to the original Star Trek, where there's a virus on on the ship that makes everybody drunk. But you instantly get to know what all their deepest um, feelings and desires are because that all kind of comes out. And so it's the kind of the same thing. We we get to know the characters really quickly, yeah, because we yeah. know what their weaknesses are. We know who they are through that. <laughs> So that's 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 my very complex <laughs> and extensive. So you um, redo. <laughs> I mean, I want to hear what Rob. I, I, I think how, Joe. How you, you, guys you said that you'd like to start with the Justice League movie. Rob, what what would you think is the best way for DC to sort of course correct mm-hmm. from where they're at now? Well, I'll I'll say I absolutely considered the Tower of Babel when I was looking at what storylines would I really want to see on the big screen that I think mainstream audiences would dig into. And then I corrected myself to be like, well, they did that as an animated thing and it was okay, but I don't know that it, it played that well because we didn't know the characters well enough. So in my notes, and I don't know if I still agree after I've written it, cause I, I might like the idea of starting out with <laughs> a, a justice league film, uh, sort of the way we did, you know, the justice league cartoon. Cause I think that really should be yeah. the guiding force. Justice League Unlimited, maybe uh, more so than regular Justice League, but still that idea of they were building off of existing characters from the Batman and Superman television shows. Uh, but the idea is they showed up and were sort of fully formed and we were able to move forward from there. Uh, I might pump the brakes. And I do think if you're going to rebuild your DC you know, cinematic universe, extended universe, whatever they want to call it, it's, it's got to start with the Trinity. It's got to start with Batman and Superman. Um, I would do, if you're going to have Wonder Woman as well, I'm told, like, make, now I never read the actual series called Trinity, um, but give me, like, the Batman Superman movie when they met in the animated universe type of thing. You know, give me Lex Luthor, well, if not Lex Luthor and the Joker, because we've seen them enough, but give me something where they meet, because that dichotomy is going to tell us everything we need to know about the characters. And the problem with Batman v Superman is the dichotomy they showed us was in their power set, not in their personalities. And that that was a huge, huge misstep. They were both cranky and upset (laughs) at one another. And that was that was wrong. That was the wrong way to go about it. You need to have Batman shows up in Metropolis and he looks so unnatural in the yeah. sunshine, <laughs> you know, 
and you have Superman floating there above him with his cape flowing behind him, you know, and the sun lighting him from behind, you know, next to the, the daily planet globe. And you have Batman and he's crouching in this, you know, the tiny little, <laughs> uh, uh, shadow that exists right from the globe because it's noon. <laughs> so he's doing his best to stay in the shadow, but there are no shadows and it doesn't matter to Superman yeah. anyway. Like that's all you need. And we go, Oh, we get it. Yeah. I love that. You know, we understand the difference between these two characters. And again, for the audiences, I think they're, they're the main gateway. And you, um, the sorry main to interrupt. I just want to like, say real quick, you could also no. only throw in Superman being weird and not fitting in in Gotham. If you've actually set him up correctly, <laughs> you know, as a, as a colorful, right. you know, happy, <laughs> hopeful character to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other. And I think they, I'm trying to remember, I've seen it in um, – there was, a, I think, a Green Lantern comic book where Green Lantern shows up to help Batman, and he's – and he hates it because Green Lantern is this bright, <laughs> you know, everything is made out of light. And uh, he's fighting, like, the Scarecrow or something, and, uh, and this is Kyle Rayner, and he comes and he crashes through the window to help, and he's like, no, hold on. He's like, well, I can just take him and bring him. He's like, no, stop. And he turns around and then he grabs, you know, and threatens the thing and the character's blubbering and, you know, the bad guy. And he's like, I worked for that. Like, that's the way I'm able to try and keep these people off the streets as long as possible is using that fear. So you could have that similar thing where Batman is taking his time and being careful. And then Superman just, you know, flies through a wall and and grabs the guys or whatever, you know. And I think we get some of that in... um, uh, I think the new 52, there's a little mm. bit of that uh, where Batman and Superman meet. Uh, there's certainly some of that in all-star. Like I, I, there's a lot of people that don't like all-star Batman and Robin. Um, I am not one of those people. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I love the way where Batman knows who Superman is. And that's sort of his little piece of, well, control. one of the things that Marvel did is doing with its films is they're not afraid to pull from very recent stories. And I think, that's one of the many things that DC could also learn from. I feel like there's this, there's been this need to check certain boxes with DC's movies and, and their characters. And when you look at the Marvel films, they haven't really done that. They didn't, you know, I mean, obviously the first Captain America had Red Skull, but if you look at Iron Man, it wasn't like, oh my God, we've got to do this, this villain because he's the Joker and we have to. Um, the Mandarin didn't show up until Iron Man three. And even then it was a take on the, on the Mandarin. So, um, and I did think a lot about, uh, funny Rob, I also started or focused on the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, and I just sort of said, you know, let's just learn. We don't need to reinvent the wheel as Joe is fond of saying, you know, what did Marvel do? Right. I know DC is, is, you know, our characters are different, but what did Marvel do right and what can we learn from that? And so I was like, in, in my kind of outline of ideas, I was very unashamed of just cribbing as much from Marvel as possible and say, let's use, you know, as much of the skeleton that they created as works for DC and then deviate when it needs to. So, you know, for me, Iron Man, Batman, Batman is our Iron Man. Batman is the, is the rich, you know, playboy genius detective in where Tony Stark is an inventor slash futurist. Superman obviously is our captain America. Right. Uh, and I like 
what you said about the difference between the two characters, it makes me think of Civil War, right? Like they played that perfectly and it was based, like you said, on their personalities and the, and the sort of belief systems. And then Wonder Woman to me is our Thor, right? Wonder Woman is, is the older kind of, you know, uh, um, outsider in terms of like earth and earth's, you know, the rest of earth's culture and stuff. And Wonder Woman brings with her, you know, with her story, um, kind of the history of the, of the, of DC. So yeah, I, I started in the same place as you more or less. So, but do you still bring them back in with individual films then? Do we have to deal with origins? You know, it's funny that that was my, original take, although I was, you know, I, I recognize the, the problem with that. Um, but reading your outline and listening to Joe, you know, I'm also thinking of rewriting. So this, you know, I like, I like the idea of, um, of, of saying, you know, Hey, let's get a justice league movie out there as soon as possible. Right. Um, my, my take was it would start over from scratch after something like, you know, uh, a flashpoint or whatnot, whatnot. Um, it would start over with a Superman movie because to me, Superman is just like Captain America, what Captain America is to the MCU. So we need Superman to be that in, in the DC universe. And I also stopped calling it the DCEU. Just call it what it is. It's a DCU. It's a DC universe, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, Superman is that important. And so that's why I would say, okay, instead of just stopping whole, you know, cold now, and let's do another Superman movie so soon. Let's take what we have. You know, Joe went ahead and listed what we're getting according to Wikipedia so far. You know, so so there's obviously stuff in the works that's going to be happening. They're not going to tell James Gunn, hey, never mind about that Suicide Squad movie, you know. Um, so so but if it could if what we're getting so far could build to Flashpoint, I think that would be a perfect days of future past scenario to then say, OK, how long has it been since we've had a Superman? Right. It's been a while. Now it's time to say we're starting over after Flashpoint, but the first Superman movie is not an origin story for Superman. It's an origin story for the DCU because Superman is constant, just like Captain America. You know, his arc in, in Marvel movies is Captain America doesn't really change. He's constant. And I think we should do the exact same thing with Superman. Super Clark is who Clark is. It's the world around him that changes and challenges those those morals and those ideals of his so that that so are you go ahead so instead of flash because flashpoint the idea is the flash is the person who remembers things the way they were are you suggesting using superman for that no no no. i'm or just you use it to introduce a version of superman that we're all comfortable yeah i would say honestly from here on out whatever you got to do to write superman out of these stories because i'm looking at wikipedia joker birds of prey uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, The Batman, um, Suicide Squad, Aquaman 2, and then The Flash to be announced and Black Adam to be announced. I would say do whatever you have to do to to not have Superman be a presence in, in these films um, because they're not getting Cavill back. He's He's gone. He's done. Maybe they could pay him right. a truckload of money to do a, you know, a, a cameo here and there, which maybe, you know, would make sense. Um but yeah, I'm saying like Flashpoint doesn't need, I think, to focus on Superman or to involve even Superman, really. Um, I don't know the exact story from I remember the comics. I remember the TV show. Um, I mean, Flash, the television show, which I love the first two seasons of. They did Flashpoint 
there was no Superman. In, you know what I mean? And another thing I like about, I'll, I'll stop rambling here after this. Um, Marvel doesn't feel beholden to the comics. If you look at what they've done, they, we, we've done Tony Stark. Tony Stark has come and gone and, and he's wrapped up. Did we ever do Demon in a Bottle? No. But if you were planning to do a Tony uh-huh. Stark thing, well, you, there was hints of it in, in Iron Man 2, but... Um, yeah, they tried. They tried a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I think that was the right choice to just do a little bit. But for some reason, when we talk about DC, we're like, well, you have to do that. It's like, no, you don't have to do any of these things. Let the DC cinematic universe be its own thing from the comics is, is I guess, what I want to say. I get that. I think I think when it comes to Superman... All I want is bring me back to the the Christopher Reeve feeling. Let me see Superman lightly land on somebody's rooftop smiling and both look like a dude who could stop a train and a guy that you want to walk up to and give a hug to. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's where he's where where Captain America, you know, is that symbol of that patriotism and, and all the ideas and ideals that, that, that go into the American spirit and all that. Uh, Superman is just everything that is good in the world. He has to be just that pure, so pure that people think he's a bad character. Like, I want that. I want some people to go back to the Superman is boring because he's too nice <laughs> type of thing. I don't need the inner conflict from him if we're showing him in a group setting. Yeah. Because we need the big blue Boy Scout. And that idea of he lands and he smiles and they have whatever conversation, he smiles and leaves. Because um, if I can, I'm looking at the clock here. Can I, do you guys mind if I just kind of dive in? Yeah, please well, do. I was, I was gonna, before you dive in, um, can I just ask, do you want to um, get to a stopping point and then maybe do a, a part two next Sunday? Are you guys available for that? I am. I'm. Yeah, I might be around, yeah. Yeah, then let's let's try and do that because I don't want to hold you longer than you need to be here. But um, but I feel like we've got so much good stuff we can do a, a part two. Sure. Well, let me. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna explode all over my microphone. With, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I am here. I am here until you're ready to move on. All right. Uh, so the way that I'm seeing it right now, then, and through this sort of conversation, is maybe we don't have to go necessarily all the way back to basics. Depending on, you know, because Ray said you're, you're sort of rethinking the idea of doing maybe a group film or maybe you just get the Trinity or whatever. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't know that we need three individual films to tell us who those characters are. And I think that's the important thing is to tell us who they are and give us an idea of the story. In my mind, I like the idea of do that Trinity and then. Whereas with the Avengers, we're always saying, well, where's Thor? Where's Captain? Like, why are, why isn't S.H.I.E.L.D. helping? You know, whatever. Uh, you can do that a little differently here because the D.C., instead of everybody and their mom being in New York, everybody kind of has their own city. Mm-hmm. And so you can have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, and they all work together. And then at the end, you can have Batman say, wow, this was all great and all, but stay out of Gotham. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he leaves. Yeah. And now we have a reason Superman doesn't solve all of Batman's problems is because he respects Batman. Um, if you were going to then run off and do a trilogy, the other two stories that I would want to see would be the Court of Owls because um, that helps turn Gotham City itself into a character, which I think is very important. Yeah, I think uh, Burton was able to do that in some sense with the insane Art Deco sort of design. Um, that carried over into into the Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. But I would like the idea of building up 
Gotham as more of a character because we keep getting the Joker or the Penguin or Catwoman, whatever. Like, but tell me the story of the city because in Nolan's trilogy, he talks so much about Gotham and Gotham is the city and it's the next Rome and it's going to burn. You never tell me why. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, so show me that. Show me how much he loves the city and show me why. And then I really want to see a live action version of Under the Red Hood. Hmm. I think uh, it is by far one of we'll say the top three, maybe DC animated films. It's really good. I really like Jensen Ackles as the voice of, um, the red hood. I guess I can, I can only call him red hood. So I don't spoil it. Uh, and he actually did some cosplay. Like I think it was last Halloween or the year before he had somebody go and make him the, this really great costume as the red hood. And, um, I would love to see him do that in live action. I see no reason not to. And I think that'll fill in some of the gaps as well, but that would necessarily mean that it's an older Batman. Right, right. I I need to go back and check out Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Oh, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It is, it is cool. so worth your time. And I forgot about Court of Owls. That's a great idea. When I was trying to think of, you know, the the what to do with the Batman films, um, I totally forgot about that one. I love that story and I and I I agree that it would definitely bring Gotham itself to the forefront. Right. And it's a detective story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a random note because I went I went full bore what all of, you know, the same way you get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything else. Uh, I like the idea of Super Sons, if we ever get to that point, being its own cartoon series. Uh, and that's Superman's son with Lois, uh, John, Superboy, and then uh, Damian Wayne, Batman's son, as Robin. Because they are also very dichotomous of the the good boy who is older and always does what his dad says because it's the right thing. And then Damian who is just this not nosed brat, but who's been trained as an assassin. So would you, um, would you set up those characters in the films? No, no, so I this just, is I just separate like the idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just like the idea of super sons as a cartoon. I yeah. was really going all out here. Got it. Um, if we're sticking to the bat universe, uh, I like the idea of doing a nightwing standalone. I think you could introduce him in under the red hood. Mm. I think that would make sense because, uh, that story deals with, um, the death of the second Robin, Jason Todd. Um, and so I think having Nightwing in that would make sense because then you get to explore different aspects. Like what I, what I like that Marvel started doing with Deadpool and Logan is exploring different genres, you know, mm-hmm. a film. I think in the Batman universe, you, you have a sort of general tone, but you get to explore these different ideas and Nightwing's at the core of his character to me is joy through pain is he sort of has that, Spider-Man jokey sort of aspect to him and he's an acrobat. So he's up there doing, you know, quadruple somersaults and all of that, Mm -hmm. but it's all because he has this pain. But then we get to see how somebody deals with the Batman problem of, I have all this money and parents to avenge in a completely different way. Yeah. But not in the, I'm your mirror image and I'm the evil version of you because I hate that. So we get the, I'm the mirror image of you, but I'm learning to do this with a smile on my face. Why do you hate that? Um, The mirror image bad guy? Yeah. Because it is a, currently feels like a necessary part of an origin film. And I think audiences are getting sick of it. Got it. Like, I don't need to see, you know, I think Killmonger was a really good villain thematically. I hated the fact that he put on a different colored version of the Black Panther suit. Got it. Got it. Yeah, you I'm know. the same way. I can't stand. It's like give us somebody 
different. Don't just give us, you know, the, the bad version of whoever we're fighting, because that's more right. interesting visually. We're going to, we're going to have a better fight. We're going to have a more like the, the character's going to have to adjust their tactics as opposed to just like beating the crap out of each other. Right. right. The right. Joker is an interesting villain because he represents chaos when Batman represents order, but it's not, you know, he's, he's not evil Batman. Right. Got you it. Know, Lex yeah. Luthor's a good villain because he works with money and emotions and politics and science versus Superman who, again, just like walks through walls. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's not solar man, you know, from Superman four, right. whatever it is that, yeah, him. that doesn't turn me off as much. Um, I think I still remember the era of when we wanted to see, someone stand toe to toe with our hero. Although it seems like we've probably gotten a lot of that by now and we're ready to go back to the previous take. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there was a time when people were complaining that, you know, the, the, the main villain obstacle in Superman was he lifts a giant meteor into the sun and like, that's the fight. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I guess I feel like done well, it could still be a useful story to tell. But, you know, we're just suffering from overkill now. And, and you know, overkill from, like, bad takes on this idea. <laughs> and you can have a punch em up between Superman and Darkseid, but Darkseid isn't evil Superman. Right, right, right. So, because yeah. that's that, yeah, that's the thing that I'm that I'm getting at, is it's okay to have somebody that's a, a physical match. It's just, I, I want something that's more interesting. You know, give mm. me somebody that has thematic differences, philosophical okay. differences. Professor X versus Magneto. Right. You know, like that's what makes it interesting. Uh, The next thing that I have, again, still in the Batman universe here, uh, I think out of Nightwing or whatever that you can, I want to see We Are Robin as a TV show. I thought the idea behind this comic book was phenomenal. And then I don't think they stuck the landing. The idea of the comic is Robin as a social justice movement Um, is the idea of all of these kids around Gotham start wearing Robin colors. And they don't know if it's a gang. They don't know whatever. And it's just these kids that are sick of crime and are inspired by Batman, but specifically by Robin, because that's what that character, you know, if we step out of comics, it was created as a way for kids to get into the Batman comic book of, oh, here's a kid my age. That's where sidekicks came from, right? Was to sell comics. And so they take that idea of, well, wouldn't that inspire kids? And then you start seeing the hashtag, we are Robin. And you start seeing the Robin symbol instead of the Batman symbol because it's kids getting out there. And mm-hmm. so you have basically this, you know, I, I don't want to call them a gang because it's not meant to be a gang. It's meant to be more of an Occupy Wall Street kind of grassroots. A movement. Yeah. Of all of these kids who are all Robin. Who are you? You know, they're all wearing masks. Anybody can wear the mask. Anybody gets to be Robin because we cool. know there's been multiple Robins. And uh, it ends with one character named um, Duke Thomas becoming... Uh, the signal sort of Batman's new sidekick for a short period of time. Uh, but I loved that idea. And there was a core cast of characters from this one school or a couple of different schools. But um, I see no reason that that couldn't be a really good TV show for like two seasons or something. Yeah, that would be a great TV show. I'm looking at the original comic. Now it was written by Lee Bermejo, who's actually known as an artist. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, again, I love the pitch behind it because I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Part of that is because there's all sorts of Green Lanterns. Anybody can, you know, put on the ring if they're if they're worthy to do so. And everybody's costume is different. So you have all these different sort of homemade versions of Robin. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of a cosplayer's dream, and I love that. Uh, the last thing I have for the Batman universe is My Birds of Prey does not have Harley Quinn as a member of the team, much less what seems to be maybe like the leader. That's dumb. Um, that's not where she belongs. If anything, give <laughs> Pulling me no punches. <laughs> no, give me give me Harley and Ivy, or give me Gotham City Sirens. Yeah, like and if and make it its own film because I don't know that we need them versus the birds of prey because, Oh, it's the women movie for D no screw you. It's (laughs) right. They're just female characters. We can have multiple. Um, I want to see, uh, I don't need to see the killing joke as a film. I want that to be part of their history. If we're going to be dealing with under the red hood and that sort of thing, and we're dealing with the pain that Batman has felt, give me Oracle. The fact that they keep putting Barbara Gordon in uh, the Batgirl costume instead of allowing her to be somebody in a wheelchair is Mm. another thing that really makes me mad uh, in DC comics because diversity matters, representation matters and having somebody who used to be part of, you know, the bat family wearing the bat symbol and running around on rooftops. And then something happens to her and she fights through that diversity and becomes the information hub for all DC superheroes runs her own team, the birds of prey, because that's where it came from. Yeah. It started yeah. as her and black canary. And right. she's, you know, the guy in the chair. Yeah. She's the Spider-Man reference. Like why we don't have Oracle is beyond me because it'd be so important and such a big deal. And she's an awesome character. So are you not worried with how we get to this from where we are now with DC? Would you say just like, you know, Make this Batman movie, period. Make this Nightwing standalone, period. Well, I, um, I, oh, go ahead. So, so they're making the Batman. And if they want to move on from there and they want to keep it in this DCEU, we know there was the Robin uh, suit that was sprayed all over by the Joker. Right? So mm-hmm. we know there's some history there. Got it. Make, so you, you are do, holding on to this. Well, if you have to. Okay. If you have, it's just what I want to see from, from DC movies. But yeah, if you have to make under the red hood and in under the red hood, while we're talking about the death of Jason Todd and, and, and that sort of thing, talk about the other people you lost and have a wheelchair roll in. And it's Barbara Gordon. And she just mentions the Joker. We don't need every, we don't need to see it all. We don't need some of the darker implications of that story. Like, yeah. Tell me that bad things have happened and they have repercussions. Don't give me Rhodey getting paralyzed and then he's up and moving the next film. Uh, <laughs> show me him struggling to, and they do it in like the post credits scene basically, or, or at yeah. the end of the film, we yeah. see him struggling to move a bit and I get it. There's all the technology. And by the end of end game, Marvel characters are magic. Um, but like you can do that and not go back on it. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you're, you're including all this history. I think that's one of the things that Marvel had to sort of work on, work on kind of developing and doing the whole, you know, history of shield and agent Carter and, you know, uh, um, the elder Stark, you know, kind of all, you know, knew each other and worked together. And, you know, there was a giant man, you know, project back in the day and, you know, uh, the original Ant-Man and stuff. Um, I hate how Marvel does that. I, what do you mean? Because it all starts with Tony Stark and they're building this world of science 
and attempted realism. And mm-hmm. then they start backtracking and telling us about all these people that were around years ago. It was the same like in Smallville when they introduced the Justice Society. Oh, mm-hmm. you didn't know that back in the 40s there was a bunch of superpowered people running around? No, because you're introducing a universe where everybody gets their powers from one event. Was like, there, though? In, were they in, running around in the history of Marvel? I mean, no, they were very covert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you look at Captain that- Marvel that these superpowers existed and Marvel started building the world in a realm of science where it was a man in a, in a metal suit that he built in an exoskeleton. And then we got captain America, which is a dude on steroids. And and then slowly they started introducing more. This is another big point that I have about um, the DC universe and how they can dive straight into the ridiculous. Marvel Mm. didn't Marvel really took their time and played it slow. Anytime. I don't know about that. I disagree with that. Okay. Because uh, I, I feel like Thor was like in phase one, like Thor was pretty ridiculous. And, and yeah, they did shoehorn like a whole, a whole earth stuff, but and talked about it was, it in science. Um, well, they talked about being like a more advanced civilization as opposed to like magic. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, you're right. You're right. I will, I will absolutely give you that. I just think, I guess mostly for me, it's Iron Man. It's by the end game. He hits a button and then his suit just magically appears because nanobots shut up. I can do whatever I want now. Oh, I love that. It can handle the infinity stones. And while I appreciate the advances in technology that he's doing, and maybe he's using alien technology and stuff, I felt like Marvel, whenever they went cosmic, they had to include humor because I don't think they trusted their audience take that well it's why thor went into a small rural town in the middle of nowhere instead yeah. of actually being a full-blown fantasy film oh yeah i i mean i agree with that i think the first thor movie and i've said this before should have totally just taken place on uh asgard mm-hmm. like just that there's enough there but you're right they you know they felt and it was they were trying to cut the budget too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no but i like i like how you're you're stories are including a history of DC and like, you know, not having to do all this legwork to say, Oh, well, we have to make sure we explain all it's like, no, it's just, it happened and it's there, you know, and we're going to pull from that and we're going to give you interesting characters and stories based off of that without, you know, square one showing you square one because you that, get it. That to me is the best world building. The best world building doesn't explain everything to you. You get a glimpse at a thing. We're just telling you a story, but you get the sense that this is a fully developed world before you stepped in and saw this singular story. Yeah, yeah. I I took a very different approach to to the DCU in that I was, again, looking at Marvel and going, okay, how did Marvel do it? How should DC do it? What's phase one? What is phase two? What is phase three? And then what does phase three end with? What is all this building towards? You know, um, I had it all building towards crisis on infinite earths, but I really like your idea of like, it doesn't, well, crisis. I did some research, uh, uh, this week and, uh, I didn't know that like <laughs> while crisis was happening, which is this like crazy, like, just insane story with the monitor and the anti-monitor and all this just like um uh dark side was just kind of chilling on the side going well she was being like the cersei lannister he was like do i really need to worry about this like you know 
if if the superheroes all get together and handle this and succeed, great. I, you know, didn't have to do anything. If the superheroes fail, then this huge battle they they just had will have weakened the foe enough for me to then step in and do my thing. Yep. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had my phase one leading to the death of Superman, um, knowing, and, and this is why, you know, I was like, oh, it's been done, but this is why we play out what DC has now. It gives us time. It gives audiences time, a break, kind of like we got a break from Spider-Man, you know, and just, you know, we'll, we'll eventually do build to flashpoint from where we are now. Then we'll start over. And my first phase was a Superman trilogy, because again, I think he's the linchpin of this whole setup or it should be anyway, um, a Superman trilogy with a Batman movie in between the first two Superman movies and a Wonder Woman movie in between the second, the, the next two Superman movies. Oh. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking, um, if you end, if you end phase one with the death of Superman and Superman three, then you can do phase two without Superman again. He's dead, you know, uh, uh, Phase two actually culminates with his return. So you have a whole slew, a whole slate of movies where phase two starts with the new gods because it's bookending what's going to be the end of phase two, which is the two. For me, it was a Justice League coming together with Superman's return. Um, but you get, you know, Batman two. What I love about what Marvel did too is that we had two, wait, three Captain America movies, but those Captain America movies included Black Widow, who we had already met and introduced uh, a Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I thought, I started to think about that with DC. Like, why can't Batman 2 have Green Arrow as a, as a supporting character? Why can't Wonder Woman 2 introduce Hawkman? Right. Why can't, you know what I mean? And so, like, how, cause Marvel really was able to, you know, that final scene, in Endgame, spoilers, um, <laughs> where everyone joins Cap on the battlefield. When you think about that, you're like, that's a lot of characters. And we didn't have individual movies for all of those characters. They started to weave their way into the main character's stories. Yes. And so that, that's what I was thinking. That that part, uh, for sure, I definitely agree with. I like the idea of like what they did with Justice League Unlimited is, all right, we got 14 characters. What 14 characters? Like when you decide yeah. to build this, sit down and you can always change your mind later. Um, but just sit and write and be like, here is our list of characters. These all exist, which means if you're in whatever town and something else is going on, you might see a streak through this guy behind you and somebody might say, oh, who's that? And they'll say, oh, that's Captain Adam. And you just move on with yeah. your day. Like, I yeah, think I love you that. can just rep, like when we heard them mention Stephen Strange's name in yeah. like, just do that. It's okay. Just tell us it's a part of the, of the thing. And um, yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, and so then for me, phase two was culminating in a two part Justice League movie. Uh, you know, I'm realizing as I'm going through this, I realized that, you know, I feel like they had a, a pretty good idea for like a plan over at DC, but then they just rushed it because of, you know, I'm like, yeah, 
you know, have Batman and Superman meet, but wait until the third Superman movie. Don't, you know what I mean? Like instead they, after Man of Steel, they're like, oh crap, we have to get Batman and Superman together. Sure. Um, you know, they had a two part Justice League movie planned. Yeah, that's awesome. But build to it. Make, give us a good reason for that. If, if there's not a good story reason for that, then it's going to be terrible. Like it, you're, you're going to really, um, waste an opportunity. Uh, I, and real, so, real, I do also go ahead. I'm going to just jump right in um, real quick because, um, Rob, I put Ray's notes in the the show notes because I know you don't have – didn't have access to them. But um, what I love about what you did is everything on your outline, Ray, looks like it's been earned. Like that death of Superman, like you've given us time to to get to know the character before you kill him, which makes that more – you know, makes us feel it more. And then you don't bring him back for a long time. So that way when he returns, yes. it's a significant return. It's something that we're all excited about. And, and yes. I, I think that that really does bring us back to what the, the issue was with the DCU was they, they rushed it. But the, the thing that I'm seeing between both of your ideas is we're not spelling out everything for the audience. There's a trust for the audience with the audience that they're going to be able to follow what you're putting down because you're telling good stories. And granted, I think Marvel Marvel has that now, in my opinion. Like you can you can go into a Marvel I can go into a Marvel movie going, ugh, this character is the stupidest character I've ever heard of, but I know it's going to be an except like the Eternals. Like I have no idea how that's going to work, <laughs> but they built that trust yeah. with me that I know I'm going to enjoy the movie and I'll be shocked if I don't. Yeah. Um, DCU never trusted their audience. They didn't take the time to build the trust, but then they also didn't trust them when they were throwing movies at them. Totally. Yes. That's why I say they were making choices from an insecure mm-hmm. place. Totally. Yeah. Just real quick um, to, to wrap up a, a phase two for my plan it was that because we have the new gods introduced in, in an Eternals like movie that kicks off, you know, phase two. Um, and because we've introduced green arrow, uh, and, and Hawk, uh, uh, Hawkman, you know, through, uh, as supporting characters, when we get to the first justice league movie and dark side shows up, he actually wins just like, you know, infinity war similar there. Um, and justice league part two is it. So, so he takes out wonder woman, you know, Martian Manhunter, you know, a Green Lantern Flash at that point. And the part two is the the second, I guess you could see the second tier Justice League characters that have been introduced thus far coming together to, to bring Superman back. Right. So like you said, it is earned and we get to see not just the, the core seven Justice Leaguers shine. We get to see you know, because Justice League, yes, it started with those seven and they're the most popular, but man, Justice League has had just as big a roster as the mm-hmm. Avengers, you know, over the years. And so I just thought it would be cool to, to establish the Justice League as this idea and not these specific team members getting together. Oh, I, have, I have a very specific storyline. Um, I'm going to save it for next time, uh, but I have it all the way down awesome. at the bottom of mine. And uh, right now I have it as a third Justice League movie for mine, but... I think it could serve the thing you're specifically talking about. And so I, I look forward to, to pitching that at you and seeing what you think. <laughs> All right. So let's just do it, Rob. Let's just, let's just <laughs> hit up Warner brothers. <laughs> All right. So this is what I'm going to do. 
Um, cause I know Rob's got to get going and, and we're, we're going over an hour now. Um, we're going to stop. <laughs> we're going to come back next week and, and flesh all this out because now Rob has access to Rob's, uh, Ray's ideas and Ray has access to Rob's ideas. So next week, let's come together. Let's see, um, where, where our, our opinions have changed on everything. Obviously I have to go through and, um, and get an idea of some of these storylines because Damn it, you two! You've actually made me want to go back and read some DC. Um, <laughs> but then when we come back next week, let's let's talk about you know what we liked about each other's stuff, um, what we would change, and then let's spend a little bit of time on casting. Uh, Rob, I know that's not your favorite thing, but <laughs> I think I think it is important because um, we need to be able to to kind of picture this in our heads. Does it sound like a plan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sounds great all right so very cool any shout outs oh rob you go ahead um i just want to throw out there uh we're we started a, a fundraiser i think it's a GoFundMe. uh customers for a cause the organization that i'm a part of um raises money and then goes out and buys a bunch of costumes that we then give away at children's hospital and at um, the Hallie Q. Brown Center in St. Paul, which is a um, you know historic uh, African American community, um, so that underserved families and kids that generally wouldn't get costumes for Halloween uh, then get a costume for Halloween, and in the process of getting them, they get to meet a bunch of their you know favorite characters um, at the same time. So my shout out is to all of the people that are organizing and doing everything that they can to um, do that thing. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is. That sounds great. I want to give them a shout out too, actually. I'm going to steal yours, Rob. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That's such a cool idea. I'm going to do a quick shout out to a couple of our our listeners and um, people who I feel make uh, the geek to geek community better. Uh, A shout out to Matt, to Ninja Boy, and to Data Error. Um, if you were not one of those three, I'm not saying you don't participate, but these three <laughs> are on Slack constantly. They are um, moving conversations forward. They're geeking out with all of us. And that's a little bit of my encouragement to anybody who isn't on Slack or Discord or one of our communities. Um, even if you want to lurk, even if you just want to kind of sit there and listen to the conversations and weigh in when they happen to hit upon something that you're really geeky about, like – Please do that because we like I think that's one of the most fun things about being part of this network is that we have a group of people that maybe aren't creating content but are still carry on the conversation after the podcast is over. So I really encourage everybody to kind of jump in and and take a lead from these three and uh and and let us know what you're thinking about all of our different rants and raves and and things like that. So that's my shout out. Awesome. Man, I gotta up my shout out game. You guys are doing, you guys are doing great. <laughs> uh, we're coming back next week. And we're gonna finish up our conversation on the DCU and how we would make it into a movie. I, I love the fact that it's a two parter because I think, I think <laughs> there's just too much. I kind of knew it was gonna go that direction, but I'm glad we're gonna be able to make it happen. Um, especially since we've been stringing it along for so long. Um, all the music in this episode is 
good. <laughs> Let's all say thanks to Ben Sound. That music is also being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network, which is also good. Both the show being a member of the network and the network itself. Lots of good. For more goodness, check out the other geek to geek shows, such as the geek to geek podcast, tea time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast, as well as our Slack community on geek to geek. Is it geek to geek cast, Rob? Um, I just tell people to go to geek to geek media.com and get all the links there because I can never remember them. Yeah, do that. Do that. For more of this show, which, oh, and there's like, things changing on my screen uh sorry <laughs> for more of this show which and i can't stress this enough is good <laughs> you can find us at geektitude.com as well as on apple podcasts stitcher google play and most other podcasters out there please leave us a review and spread the word if you'd like to contact me you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com if you'd like a response to your email the password it, this week is god damn it rob stop editing my show notes <laughs> all one word all lowercase <laughs> You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Ray Vargas three. So uh, Instagram at Ray Vargas three, Twitter at Ray Vargas three, and Facebook uh, slash Ray Vargas three. And you can see my artwork at RayVargas three dot com. And I'm just going to let you all know that I just muted my mic because I had to get through that without laughing, but couldn't hold it in afterwards. Um, <laughs> Rob, where can we find you? Mostly lurking in Joe's show notes and changing them every week. More interesting. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Noby. That is K-N-O-W-B-Y. You could find uh, the podcast by searching and sometimes Rob or because it's still taking time to update. Uh, you can also search for The Comic Box. If The Comic Box pops up, I am putting my new show on the exact same feed as the old show so that people that were subscribed to the comic box are getting the new episodes. Uh, the other thing that I'm going to pitch then is because I keep throwing it out there, Costumers for a Cause. That is costumersforacause.org. Awesome. And uh, I am very excited about your Eternals episode. That's what I'm going to be listening. I start Ooh. work on Monday. It sounds like oh. me reading a Wikipedia. <laughs> That's okay. Much. That's okay. But you're so going to be you're going to be what I get yeah. to better to, you than me. <laughs> get to listen in on the way in. So, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was part one of our much anticipated DCU episode, uh, and we're going to come back with part two next week. But until then, remember this week, keep it geek. Hey, Geekitude listeners! I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming. And we love to talk about what a workout and talk with the people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.